everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. I'm all about uh, secret societies that involve stealing from the rich. That's not really... I think you got... <laughs> You got something else. Did I take the wrong message from this episode, Robbie? Yeah, I don't think that's what's happening in this episode at all, honestly. Also, apparently abuse of uh, other people is funny. We know Italian is spoken around the abuse. Uh, What's not... Let's wait, okay? Let's keep... Okay, sorry, my bad, my bad. ...where it belongs. We can start... That's not... Hitting hitting Nelson, hitting Millhouse with a branch. This is the the least of the problems of this episode. (laughs) um hello hello folks we are brought to you by supporters on patreon you can support us by going to patreon.com slash the simpson show for only two dollars a month you can access to all of our bonus material a bunch of bonus podcasts hundreds of them at this point uh we have someone to thank matthew Ooh, fantastic pegman 99 thank you thank you pegman Certainly ninety nine, because I'm 90, sure there are you know at least ninety eight other Pegmans. Yeah, it, it, I mean ninety nine is a good number though. It's a pretty cool number. It is. Uh, this week's episode is the last of the Red Hot Mamas episode G A B G A B F twenty two. Originally aired November twenty seventh two thousand and five. Written by Joel H Cohen. Directed by Matthew Nastic. Received a five point six rating with ten point four million viewers. The couch gag. The couch is a nest, and the Simpsons sit in the nest, and a mother bird flies in and feeds Homer a worm. Gross. Gross. Very gross. Uh, this episode guest stars Lily Tomlin as Tammy, and she does a great job. Love Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin's great. Love her. In, I love her in general, That's and I love very her. Very interesting this. character too. Oh yeah, Tammy's fun. I uh, wish there was more of her. Honestly, yeah. that is my. You got Lily Tomlin, great, incredible, incredibly talented comedic actress. Give her more. Come on, guys. Give her. Okay. So the episode begins with an Easter egg hunt. This is an Easter episode, Matt. It aired in November. I never would have guessed. (laughs) But it's an Easter episode. It's more appropriate for us than it is for them. Easter just happened. That's true. And but November, this is like Thanksgiving time and they aired an Easter episode. I don't know. Uh, well, we get an Easter egg hunt that's hosted by uh, Mayor Quimby and his wife that we only see once in a while. Uh, and also there is a referee there called Hugs Bunny. Yeah, he's like the Easter Bunny, but he's not allowed to touch people. <laughs> There's he, He's not allowed to touch kids anymore, Matt. Uh, he's wearing a, he's a... It's a bunny. It's a man in a bunny suit that's also wearing a referee uh, outfit. Yeah. But it, it's There's layers here. It's just like onions. So uh, it's the kids that are having fun. They're getting Easter eggs, even though I, I don't. This none of this matters really. This is all just kind of gags. Uh, it, although it does, I would say this episode, I don't mind it. Uh, it's not terrible, like a lot of the episodes recently have been, <laughs> and it gets going relatively early on and wraps everything up. Maybe not everything satisfactorily, but it does have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Which, hey, out of boy, Simpsons, good job. I'll give you a pat, <laughs> pat on the back. Um, kids are getting Easter eggs. Maggie isn't getting eggs. All the other kids are getting them first. Homer steps in and is kind of a jerk and starts stealing eggs from the other kids to get Maggie some eggs. And I will say this in this instance, Homer is being a jerk, but 
for Maggie, I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's 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 okay. It's one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, he's being a jerk, but he's not being a jerk for his own selfish gain. He's being a jerk for you know to help his child, which is still not a great thing, uh, especially when he gets into a fight with the the mascot about it. But uh, I, I, hey, I, uh, I, b- I believe you, you mean know? Hugs Bunny, Matt. Sorry, what did I say? You said the mascot. He has a name. Okay, sorry, my bad. His Hugs. name is Hugs Bunny. Get it? Mm-hmm. I, I get it. Okay. So, uh, like Matt said, they get in a fight, basically, because uh, Homer is stealing eggs from children. And uh, the Hugs Bunny and him start a, a, a battle where they start with a fist fight and then quickly seems to, to escalate into incredibly dangerous territory. Uh, I will say this also, Matt, that we don't see all the fight. A lot of this is happening off screen. I'll give him a little, another little kudos. We don't just hold on Homer fighting this mascot. We cut away to another story. You know, there is not just there's there is too much Homer in this episode. But I will say that they understand. Let's not just hold on Homer this entire time. They understand the comedic timing because we see that Marge and the rest of the women, the rest of the wives, I guess, and mothers of all these children are touring the mayor's office with the mayor's wife. Do we get a name for the mayor's wife? I don't believe so. Um, I, it's a very clearly like Jackie O that's, it feels well, like that's, yeah, that mean, it's very much a Kennedy thing yeah. because obviously her husband is constantly cheating on her and has like all these hidden places in his office that women are just kept in cages all the time. <laughs> go, go dancers, go, go dancers are just in cages. Yeah. And, uh, the, the, the women seem to be liking Marge and Marge is like, Marge is hitting off with these women. And that's comes an important part of this episode. This episode, if it's about anything is about Marge having friends. And clearly Marge is doing well. She's she's like regaling these the, the other women with interesting facts and being very uh, I don't know charming. And you think, oh, Marge is trying to make friends and like have real friends, and that's always nice. And I'm gonna give this episode like a lot of a lot of I don't know. I I think I like this episode more than I probably would just because it is about Marge and it acknowledges the fact that she really doesn't have friends and acknowledges the fact of her trying to get friends. It's You're something. definitely not wrong there. It's 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 something we were working towards more character development for Marge. Like you said, there's a little too much Homer for my tastes, but we can work through that. And a little too much of the cops at the end for some reason. I the end, we'll ooh, mad the ending. Oh my god. Um, they but there it is that and it, and it feels like it is actually about that. It does not feel like there is a lot of episodes recently. It feels like they're they like to pretend they're about something, but they're really about nothing. This is actually about it. It doesn't maybe develop it as much as it could, but it is spend a lot of time about it. Um, they're about to have tea with the mayor's wife and have a good time. And Mars get to hang out with some other women. When Homer crashes, oh, he gets tossed through the window by Hugs Bunny and uh, basically ruins everything. Yeah, Homer basically ruins everything. Tea in the parlor. You're like all Easter bunnies. Can't take a punch to the crunch. Maybe next time you'll think twice before you volunteer to help children. Oh, hey, Marge. (laughs) This is my husband, Homer. (laughs) Ladies, Marge, is there a small rip in my pants? (gasps) Homer, please. We're about to have tea. No tea. Security. (laughs) 
everyone, just go! Way to blow our tea, Marge. That's the last refrigerator magnet calendar you get from me! We throw those out anyway. You lie! Stop lying! So Homer's ruined. Good old Cookie Kwan. Yeah, Cookie Kwan. Homer ruined it. Ruined Marge's moment. And she's upset. Um, And we get some proper development here because we get a, a classic Marge and Homer in bed and hash, hashing out some problems scene, which I'm always a big fan of. Um, where Homer tries to get Marge interested in some snuggles, and Marge rip-offs him. Hey, good-looking. Want to snuggle with Tyrannosaurus sex? No, I don't. I'm still upset about what happened today. I don't have many friends, and when I finally start to make some, you ruin it. Oh, come on, honey. You have lots of friends. There's, uh, Lisa and the stove. Oh, that poor woman. I'm gonna find her a friend. Someone cute, athletic, with a nice laugh. <gasps> my husband and my best friend. It's a risk I'll have to take. Yes. Because that's what's going to happen if you get her a dolphin, is you're going to end up falling in love with the dolphin, and the dolphin will drown you in its sexcapades. <laughs> um, this is fine. The Homer stuff. I, I, there's too much Homer in this episode. I think largely is the problem. There is, but it's like we said before, Homer is in this episode trying to do a good thing for somebody, and honestly, I'm willing to forgive it a little bit for that. I, I think it's the same way here. I mean, I think it is they if this this doesn't quite feel like this feels like it like it has it is taking two aspects of the same story like okay, Marge wants friends. And they have to choose either is is either Marge is is tr- going to try and get friends and oh we think she's going to have friends and then she sees oh they're complicated and they kick her out for some reason and she is sad but homer is there to comfort her and homer can go oh I'm, i'll try and help you get more we you do need friends marge and i'll but i'll always be here i'll always be your friend there there's that but uh, that i think in that plot homer takes a back seat homer is just there he is not actually active in the, in the story at all and and then the other version, Homer is very active, uh, trying to show, trying to, I don't know, because Marge is really angry at him. Um, largely, Marge isn't angry at him through most of this episode. She's angry at him right here, you know, in the beginning. But then by the second and third act, she has friends that she doesn't care about him anymore, and yet Homer's still hanging around. I don't think you would say that she doesn't care about him. She's just not annoyed by him like she is in this particular spot. Well, that's what I mean, Matt. But, like, if if they're happy, there's no conflict. Like, why is Homer still doing things in the second and third act if they're happy? Like, why is he still doing stuff? That's what I mean. Like, why he shouldn't be doing stuff. He should be in the backseat somewhere. Let Marge handle the heist stuff, which is what we get to. Um, This is where we cut to the quote-unquote B-plot. Uh... (laughs) Which I think the Marge stuff in this episode is not bad. 
This B plot is hot garbage. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's so dumb. I just I don't know where they came up with this. I just... it's so, it's very stupid. Uh, it could be interesting if it was developed into something else, but it just ends. It just whimpers out. There's like three scenes and it whimpers out, and it doesn't make any sense. And it it's not that it's not funny. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe they thought it was hilarious. Maybe I don't know. But Lisa wants to make plans for the summer. So she's looking at all her opportunities, I guess, by looking at flyers on the school bulletin board. Um, there is an alarming scene there where she talks to uh, Sherry and Terry, and they say they're going to twin camp. Totally a thing, Robbie. Totally a thing. I mean, I know it's not real, but there's a part of me be like, what it, What would twin camp be? What? Like, does it? Is it just normal camp, but all twins? Do do the twins pair up? Do you separate the twins at Twin Camp? Like, tell me what's happening at Twin Camp. I'm very, I'm suddenly very interested in Twin Camp. Well, they they do speak their secret twin language for a bit, which is just gibberish. It's gibberish, yeah. They're um, even looking at each other. But Lisa finds a flyer. Says she wants to go to Rome. Wants to study in Rome for the summer, which would be great. That, that sounds like a very Lisa thing. She takes it to Skinner and turns out you need to be able to speak Italian to study in Rome, which. Okay, sure. They need a reason for her to try and speak Italian. I don't know. This, I think this B-plot also feels very Mad Libs. feels very much like, this is what The Simpsons have been doing, where it's just like, oh, we want to have Lisa. Lisa's going to go to Rome. She needs to know Italian, and we need so she needs to learn Italian from Millhouse? And then they start having a weird relationship where she's jealous? And then it just ends? Um, but she claims to know Italian. She doesn't know Italian. But Skinner doesn't have time at that exact moment to test her Italian expertise. So she needs to learn it. Um, cut back to the A-plot, where this is... I, I the, So there's too much harm in this episode, Matt. This scene in, in particular is... I really want to give it the, the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> oh, but... But can you, though? I can't. I really want to. I really want it to make it feel like the Simpsons writers knew what they were doing and that they are trying to demonstrate why this is the worst idea ever. And you should never do this in real life. And Homer is an idiot. I'm not quite sure that's what they're doing. I really want them to... Because it, it doesn't feel that confident in doing that. It feels like this is just Homer being an idiot. Because Homer goes to the grocery store with Bart, lets Bart handle the grocery shopping. And I will say also, I did enjoy Homer's pre-drawn food stamps. I like, we're good. That's I, I like that bit. There's, I had some laughs in this. This is a relatively bland episode overall. When you're talking about jokes, I had a couple laughs. So there's, there's that. I think some of the laughs are just like, Oh, this is nice. Marge and Lily Tomlin. I think most of the things I laughed at were actually Lily Tomlin. So I think she buoyed it. A little bit. But Homer just starts stalking a lady in the grocery store. Like you do when you're trying to make friends for your wife. You just start stalking random women. They have, they have that dead look in their eyes. Because apparently that's what Homer really thinks Marge needs. <laughs> I would love it, this scene, if it was intelligent and was po poking fun at the way that men are oblivious to how threatening they appear. Uh, to women in general, but I don't quite think that this scene gets that across. 
until the very end where like this lady is running away from Homer and then crashes her cart into some canned foods. And Homer's like, why do they always do that? Like, it feels like that is they're getting there. Like they're, I'm not sure. I am not sure if they understood. And I don't, I don't know. I, again, I wish this, this whole Homer trying to find Marge friends thing is a dead end. I don't know why it's there. So, Homer uh, Homer terrifies some poor woman at the grocery store into hurting herself. And then Lisa is learning Italian by tape. And then she realizes she has a racist Italian teaching language tape. Like it's teaching for it's like Italian for mobsters. Yeah, Italian for Italian-Americans, because, you know, obviously all Italian-Americans are mobsters, Robbie. Didn't you know that? I, it is a very Sopranos era joke. It, that is what this episode like a lot of the, that is just like oh you know the sopranos right you know the sopranos you know godfather and then it's like here that's what this is for four minutes um this did not i there's 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 uh, there's like a cold after you watched man i don't know you're probably the only one of the very few people alive who can empathize with me uh <laughs> okay i mean because you've done this with me for so long at a certain point you're watching these episodes and we're at in season 17, and even the episodes you like. I like this episode. I like it more than I dislike it, so that's enough for me. And then I go and I watch the scene, I'm like, this didn't need to be in this episode. I gotta cut this scene. Oh, there's there's a lot. Yeah, you're just like, oh, they didn't, even, and I like this episode, I'm still like, they didn't need this. Why is Lisa learning tape from, she could have just wandered past and seen the the Italian tutor. You still want to get her to having a tutor, uh, tutored by Millhouse, you can do that without this terrible tape uh, joke. She sees she has we have this terrible tape joke uh, where they make some jokes about monsters, and then we get an ad. She's a little uh, a flyer, uh, not or, or what? Do you, I don't know what you call those little pull little pull tab uh, flyers. You know where you have a little. Oh yeah, yeah. Do those have a special name? I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. But she sees one of these on a on a on a on a power power pole. And she pulls it off, and she doesn't know who this is at this point. Um, we cut back to the the A plot again, where Homer has gotten a friend from Marge, and it's revealed that it is just the crazy cat lady. And Marge obviously definitely doesn't want to be friends with the crazy cat lady. Uh, and the crazy cat lady throws a cat at her. Marge leaves. Uh, then there's a scene where Homer uh, tells the crazy cat lady, I bet you can't throw a cat over the house. And... It's not a scene like, yeah, this scene didn't need to be in here. You didn't need to do this. <laughs> you don't need to have a scene. Nope. Someone throwing a cat over a house. Uh, but Crazy Cat Lady, they have a scene where Homer and the Crazy Cat Lady, uh, Homer watches the Crazy Cat Lady just hurl a cat over the house. And you're like, into there, past the horizon. And you're like, all right, guys, thanks. Thanks for that scene. Um, luckily, we get a real scene with with a person, with character. And uh, Marge going for a walk. Uh, she's upset with Homer. She wants friends. And luckily, she runs into some ladies. Uh, she runs into the cheery red tomatoes. <sighs> I guess I'm not meant to have friends. Stop that hat! <laughs> Woo, how about this wind, huh? I don't know how you keep your hair so perfect. Johnson's water seal. 
<laughs> my name's Tammy, and these are my friends, the Cherry Red Tomatoes. <gasps> the nationwide social organization for women of a certain age? Yeah, but we don't sit around watching television and eating bonbons, except on TV Bonbon Night, which is every Tuesday and Thursday. What are you doing today? We're going to have margaritas and poke gentle fun at our husbands. Would you like to join us? Would I? Now, let's see. Homer cut up my wedding dress to make a badminton net, which he never uses. He spent my last three birthdays in jail, called out his bowling ball's name during sex. Whoa, 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 honey. Save it for Johnny Fiestas. So Lily Tomlin, bringing a lot of character, doing a good job. Bring in, bring in the fun, uh, being the, the the idea of a character that Marge would probably love to hang out with. Yeah, even though she has to hang out with Agnes to get there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really weird that they picked Agnes to be like. There's no one else in this in this group that Marge that we that we recognize except Agnes. Agnes is the one they picked. It feels like this would be very much a a Luann Van Houten. I, I feel like that's possibly. I think the thing is, towards the end, since uh, they end up being criminals, that's not something Luann might be into. This actually uh, brings me to mind the recent Sarah Wiggum episode of the new episodes, uh, where you just find out that, oh, you know, one of these housewives you thought was super boring turns out she has a crazy past kind of thing. And I guess none of us are really surprised it was Agnes. <laughs> eh, I, I mean, it, I don't think like my views of most of these female supporting characters matt are like any of them could be fine with going along with this heist like they don't they haven't developed them that's like a big critique you could have the simpsons that they've never really developed a lot of female characters uh that they've largely been a vastly uh male creative uh group male writing and and there's never been a a woman showrunner and you're like well that and they're like name the supporting female characters that have had time. Edna, I'm waiting for you. Get what else we got? Okay, Edna. Miss Hoover has had a tiny amount, not nearly as much as Krabappel she had. had. She had an episode uh, this season or last season. It was, I want to say. Yeah, if we're talking about having actual episodes focused around them, I'm pretty sure it's just Krabappel. Yeah, and the, and that's not you know Marge or Lisa or Maggie to a certain extent. Like who else is there? And when you can, but name male supporting characters that have got episodes around them. Oh, tons of them. Patty and Selma, if you want to, but they're family members, but they are supporting cast members, That's I guess. That's true, they are supporting characters. Um, trying to think of any others. Patty and Selma, Edna, Agnes got a little bit, but largely Agnes is there for bounce off other Skin, male characters. Yeah. Um, I'm really trying. Yeah, Robles had several yeah, it seems whenever they want a, a female-centered uh, centered episode or a woman-centered episode, they just go with Lisa or March. Yeah. And, I mean, that, and like, wait, so when oh, you go, oh, who should be this, who should be, if we're going to pick one supporting member to be in already in this group, it could be anybody. I'd be like, sure, they're totally fine with a heist. Whatever. It's Mr. Burns. He's evil. They even make the point. Yeah. Whatever. Who cares? Um, But... We meet the Cheerio Red Tomatoes. I find this very cute. I find Johnny Fiesta. That's a very cute fake Tex-Mex restaurant for them to drink margaritas <laughs> at. I would absolutely go to Johnny Fiesta's. I wouldn't, but I live in Austin where there are 10,000 better choices for Tex-Mex. Or just actual. I mean, fair, but I actual, would still try it. 
I would not, man. I'm like, why would I? Why? When you come, okay. we're gonna we're gonna get some authentic Tex Mex, and you're gonna go. All oh, right, that was a dumb thing for me to say. I would never go to Johnny Fiestas. I mean, if you go somewhere where that doesn't have anything better, I would definitely go to Johnny Fiestas. A fair. That's a fair point. We go commercial. I mean, I find myself in places of the country that don't have a you know food tradition from time to time. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a fair point. Uh, we go to commercial eight minutes and thirty five seconds. My goodness, boy, that took forever. We're going to try and speed this up. No, here. no, oh, we're not. No, this, no. This act is super short. I'm here to slow us down, Matt. I know. Okay, so uh, Marge is inducted as a junior member of the Cherry Red Tomatoes. Everything is fun with them, even the Museum of Suffering, which, ooh, that's, uh, that was a good gag, but ooh, that hurt to watch. It was, it was a little rough. Uh, so after we see Marge enjoying her time with the Cherry Red Tomatoes, uh, who I have abbreviated as the CRTs, just because that amuses me. I was going to say, Matt, like, you're doing this on purpose. I know you are. Oh, of course. Of course. Anyway, uh, we see Lisa the next day uh, when Milhouse arrives uh, to tutor her. She is not expecting Milhouse. (gasps) That's my Italian tutor. Oh, hey, Milhouse. I think Bart's upstairs. I'm not here for Bart. I'm here to teach you Italian. Oh, sure. I get it. Bart told you I was taking lessons, so you thought you'd come over and... Prego si fermi ed escoltare. That means, please stop and listen. I'm the tutor the company sent over. I'm here to teach you la lingua di arte e la musica. You really speak Italian? Si. My grandmother, Nana Sophie, lives in Tuscany. Since I was a baby, I've spent two weeks there every summer. English because in World War II, a GI left her with child. My uncle Bastardo. Nana only spoke Italian to me. Questi il mio carubino. Sono delle oliva. I love you, Nana. Oh, idiota. Every time I spoke English, she hit me. Oh, that hurt. Idiota. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm so stupid. Milhouse Mussolini van Houten. Italiano, idiota! That's how I learned Italian and started wetting my bed. Anyway, what do you say? Can I be your insegnante? Okay, if that means teacher. It means masculine teacher. So, yes, as we can see here, uh, Milhouse apparently knows Italian uh, because it's, it's in his family line. Um... I, I don't know how this jibes. With, I, I think it's a later episode where we find out that Milhouse's family is both uh, Danish and Dutch. Uh, but sure, why not? Uh, we're just going to go with the fact that Milhouse's family is basically from all over Europe. He's the whitest of whiteness. I don't. I don't think it matters, Matt. If they if they subvert if they did anything, I wasn't expecting with this. I would I would think this is cute. Like, oh, it's cute. Milhouse is, knows Italian, and he's, he works as a tutor, you know. And it would be an interesting way to, like, deepen the character. Just a little bit. A little flavor. It's not a lot, and clearly they don't care enough to, like, keep it consistent because they change it later on. But they immediately just go to, like, the most boring stereotypes that don't even make sense. And then they... <sighs> I really... I. <laughs> It really, like, it makes me really frustrated because this time you could take this away from this terrible B plot and give it to the A plot and make that A plot a lot better. But instead, there's mm-hmm. Godfather Mill. 
Yes. There you go. We're going to get to those issues later on, Robbie. But for oh, now, uh, we're, we're we're back to Marge and the, the CRTs uh, where they're texting her, which is supposed to be this cute and funky thing, which this episode, what, 2005? People have been texting for a long time by now. Sure. I mean, uh, Homer tried to stay up for That's on par for The Simpsons. And Marge is an older, you know, she's not going to adopt a new technology so quickly. True. That's they don't true. even have she's a computer old. in the house. Yeah. Okay. So. Homer tried to stay up for Marge uh, to meet her after her outing with the the tomatoes, uh, but fell asleep and drew her a child's portrait. And Marge finds this very endearing. So yes, we have gotten to the point, like Robbie said, that we're where Homer and Marge have reconciled. They're both in a happy place at this point, unless Homer is trying to save Marge or something like they do at the end, he should kind of bow out of the episode. But unfortunately, he does not. Once again, taking time away from a more interesting a plot. Uh, but unfortunately for me, this act is mostly about the B plot uh, because uh, you see Lisa has made flashcards, uh, which Milhouse tears up because how dare someone have a different learning style than he does? Because uh, he says you have to live Italian. So Matt, Matt you cannot engage uh, this B plot like they're people. There, there's no. This is nothing. This is the this is the plot of a, the worst romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Like Robbie said, this is terrible. We're going to move fast past it, despite his intentions. Uh... So, yeah. Uh, so Milhouse tears up Lisa's flashcards and says he's going to take her to Little Italy because you have to live Italian. You have to you have to experience it rather than actually learn it. Uh, apparently, immersion is the only thing that works for Milhouse and therefore works for everyone. So he puts her on a Vespa scooter, which apparently he is allowed to drive uh, despite being ten. And drives her to Little Italy, where everyone seems to know him, almost in a Godfather-like manner. Not, no, man, uh, no, 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 not almost. Like, this is just Godfather. That's all this is. There's nothing else. Uh, okay, fair. But, you know, I don't know. I feel like it's slightly less than the actual Godfather, but it's it's fairly close. Uh, but in, in Little Italy, once again, Milhouse is somewhat respected. So Lisa sees another side of him, a confident side of Milhouse, which she starts to appreciate, which... I get that's an interesting way to spin it. Oh, in this one thing, Millhouse is in it's in his wheelhouse. He really knows what he's doing and therefore is a confident person, which draws someone like Lisa in. That's the way people are. We like other confident people. Makes total sense. We can't stick with it, obviously. So we go back to the A plot. Uh, Marge goes skydiving uh, with the tomatoes. Uh, we once again get another Mo suicide joke because those are always funny. Uh, Mo falls through their circle while they're skydiving and apparently does not die because he shows up again later in the episode. Uh, but at this point, they've done like three activities together. So it's time for Marge to be inducted as a full member of the Tomatoes. Marge Simpson, we hereby induct you as a full member of the Cherry Red Tomatoes. a happiness I've never felt. I not only have friends, I have a hat to prove it. Now, Marge, as a full member, you get to share in all our secrets. Like our recipe for mock apple pie. The secret is, it's got apples in it. And now we can tell you the secret plans for our fundraiser. This year, we're going to steal one million dollars from Mr. Burns. <gasps> You're joking! You've got to be joking! <laughs> You're not joking. Oh, any other surprises? I'm not a natural redhead. Oh. 
So yes, the combination of the fact that they're all thieves combined with the fact that she is not a natural redhead causes Marge to faint, and thankfully at this point we go to a commercial. One, they're not thieves, Matt. They haven't stolen anything yet. Okay, they are planning a heist, and it seems like everyone is on board with this really easily. I I don't know. I don't know, Matt. Like, I don't mind this. Is it silly? Yes. Do I mind it? No, it's it could be fun, uh, especially in this era of The Simpsons where they clearly don't take anything very seriously um but appointing a heist to mr burns is not a big deal uh we've had several episodes where they've stolen from mr burns um everyone steals from mr burns it's just what you do when you're low on money well he's an evil monster i don't care honestly if they steal uh from mr burns like i it's very hard for me to go oh this is unbelievable why would they do this i'm like well it's more like oh can we get away with it more than is it the right thing to do? I don't. It, Mr. Burns is an evil millionaire. Who cares? Steal everything from him. Let him be poor. That's uh, fine. Um, we come back from commercial at 14 minutes and five seconds, uh, and we get kind of a rundown on the plan, uh, what they plan to steal and why. I'm sorry. I can't steal. Not even from Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns promised a million dollars to the Springfield Children's Hospital. And then... Instead of donating this money, I'm going to use it to extend my own life. Another ten minutes. Smithies? And the register? Release the hounds! (laughs) Why would you bring attack dogs to a charity event? I was taking them to the groomers. Who's a stinky dog? You are. Michelle's going to work on you today. There are 12 Fabergé eggs in his vault, each worth a small fortune. We can get them, but we need your special skills. When I joined, I never thought we'd be robbing people. You said you wanted friends, and the one thing about friends is that they stick together, especially when they're trying to pull off a million-dollar heist. Maybe we were a little too quick to give you that hat. Take back the hat. She deserves bear hair. Bear hair! Bear hair! Okay, 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 I'm in. You ladies doing okay down there? Sorry to wake you, Stanley. Don't let us down, newbie. Agnes is always so quick to, uh, to reject somebody, kick them out of a group. She's not a nice person, man. I don't know, like, I, I hate to break it to you. She's not a nice person. Um... So we get a little background, like, okay, they clearly have moral, the moral high ground here. Like, this is not a question of this, if this is right. Like, Mr. Burns promised money to a charity and then took it back and then set wild, like, trained dogs on people. You're like, obviously, it's okay to steal from him. And so that is, I think, the episode's way of saying, like, this is not a question of, if this is the right thing to do is if, if this is a thing Marge is comfortable doing and if that is worth these people's friendship to her, which is an interesting question. I feel like that's the, like the heist thing is entirely believable or whatever, but I feel like it gets that point across of like, it is challenging Marge directly. Like how, how much do you want to be friends with people? Cause sometimes when you're friends with people, they're going to want you to do things for them. And it might, in most people's cases, it's not participate in a heist, but that kind of extreme, I think, makes this episode 
gives an interesting spin and it gives us an an easy way into Marge's dilemma. It's very simple, like, okay, how much does Marge treasure these people's friendships? Is it enough to go pull off a heist with them? Eh, I guess she's desperate enough that, yes, it, at, at least at first, it is worth it. Um, We get a, a beat where she lies to Homer about her plans, and this makes Homer suspicious. Uh, I guess this is the this is the this is where things start unspooling, Matt. This is where things start going like, oh, Homer's here. Indeed. Why is Homer here? Why is Homer doing all this? Um, but it, I, and it, it, and it really, honestly, it's like, why would Homer be suspicious? He's an idiot. That Marge could lie to him all day, and he would never <laughs> know the difference. Uh, this is all the plot dictates it, so that's why it happens. And luckily, Matt, luckily, we get the end of the Lisa Milhouse B-plot. Milhouse? Just what is going on? Run along, Angelica. But not too fast, huh? Lisa, Lisa, she is the appetizer, but you are the main course. Sono così matto a lei. Ho pensato abbiamo avuto qualcosa andando e poi la prendo con questa squadrina. Lei mi fa male. Lisa, you're speaking perfect Italian. Grazie. Idioto. Idioto. Man, it's just so funny that Millhouse is getting beaten up. I mean, that's honestly a very small part to me for this of me, Matt. Like, I don't care. Like, this is very cartoonish violence. He's getting hit with like a like like an olive branch or something the same way his grandma hit him. Like, it's not, this is not like, Oh, Lisa's abusing him or something. The, my problem with this is like, this is not developed. Like, is Lisa in a relationship with him? Are they, are they a couple? Like, is she even like, we don't get any scenes that develop that. It's just kind of like a single scene where, where Lisa kisses, kisses him on the cheek one time. And then he, she comes out here and he has another girl in his lap and then speaks, in an Italian accent, speaks English in an Italian accent, and then mm-hmm. drops it. Why? As soon as it's not cool anymore. It doesn't make any sense. Like None of this makes any sense. Um, nope. And it's over. This is it. There's no more. And so Lisa's just angry at him. I guess that's it. No more Italian lessons. Does Lisa go to camp? We don't know. They don't answer that. They don't care. That's forgotten. Uh, this B-plot is a waste. Uh, I didn't find anything. It, it just doesn't do anything worthwhile <laughs> there's not no part of it that i enjoy um so homer at this point this is just like all right how do we get homer in this episode it feels like when homer's not on screen people should be asking where's homer yeah it feels very much like that i don't know if that's their intention or if like if they had if if that is if their intent is that obvious where it's clearly like no we just want homer in this episode it, where it feels like this would work way better for me if Marge is resolving all this on her own and not, and there's easily ways out of this without involving Homer at all. Um, Homer, cause Homer is, I guess just, just rifling through Marge's stuff. I like just openly just going into her stuff and like rifling through it and finds the heist plans. The Marge just has filed very dumb. Uh, but he finds the heist planes. Now he's worried Marge is going to go be a criminal, I guess. Um, and so he goes to do something. <laughs> yeah, 
He goes to try and stop them, get Marge out. Uh, it's not really clear what to warn them. Basically. It's not being very, it's not clear. That's that you could say that multiple times over about this third act. This first second, the first act, this a plot handles the first couple acts. The a plot works perfectly fine. As soon as you get to this third act, it starts stumbling. Uh, it doesn't just like belly flop into the in, like off a thirty foot high dive like a lot of episodes do, but it is stumbling. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, because oh, I'll let you explain what happens first. Oh, okay. So, um, we cut back to Marge and the CRTs, where they are about to break into Burns and Smithers. We see Burns and Smithers drive away, and we learn what and why Marge is being involved at all. Okay, Marge, you're the only one of us skinny enough to squeeze through this vent. That's my special skill. Well, what'd you think? You're a master of disguise? Not with that do. I thought you liked my hair. It's all right. <laughs> that got me. I, that, I laughed at the it's all right bit. I, and that's the... <laughs> yeah, she's not a very good leader. You should, you should keep Marge happy at least until the job is over. Sheesh. I mean, I mean, it's... I think that is... Uh, consistent with tammy's character she feels very much now that she's got marge kind of in her grasp she's, she's kind of a, a authoritarian but i i thought that was funny like why why do you think we brought you along you know with your hair like and i thought you liked my like it feels like very nice funny normal banter uh that works and it made me laugh um homer is on the way to birds's mansion causes traffic accidents and gets the cops attention and why <laughs> well, like why is this in this why is this part of the plot who cares why do we need the cops here why do we need homer like this is about marge why is all this happening like there's so much going on here it just feels very messy it feels like you could simplify this and make it much more much more palatable and really connect closer to the theme here at the end, but instead they're, they muddle it up because Homer is there and the cops are there. And you're like, why? Like, why does it, why does any of this matter? Yeah, the it, cops don't do anything. The cops are just there for jokes. Homer is just there for jokes. You could have just had birds catch them and decide to let them go. You don't I even mean, need, that's, you don't even need Burns there at all. Like, you could easily, it doesn't, it, it's, it is all about Marge and her choices. And the, and that is and like in the value what how does she value friendship and what is what kind of friendship does she want like that's all you're doing here you don't need all these other moving parts you already have Marge and Tammy and those are the two important characters when you're introducing Mr. Burns two cops and Homer into this mix you're just muddling it up you're making it much more complicated than it needs to be you want to center it on these two characters that we are. You know, Tammy, and you have the benefit that because Tammy is going to leave after this episode, Tammy's gone. So you can use that in a lot of different ways to reinforce the status quo, to, to give Marge some closure. Like, there's so many things you could do. But they just add, they keep just, like, they have a perfectly good soup. And they're like, no, you know what? We have a good chicken soup. It's got chicken in it, and it's got some vegetables in it. You know what else the soup needs? Needs some liver. And you're like, well, what do you mean, needs some liver? Why would you, now, we need, now we're going to throw in. Uh, some brown sugar. And you're like, what? Why are you throwing brown sugar in a chicken soup? And you just like you just keep throwing more things in, and you're like, they're perfectly fine by themselves, but you don't need to add them to. This is my stretch analogy, Matt. Um, it's very stretched. Just like this episode, so much like act. much like this episode. That's in my intent all along. You got it. So the Comer causes an accident, gets the attention of the cops, leads them directly to Birds' Mansion. 
uh, and this is charming for some reason. CRTs get into the vault very easily. They're good thieves, I guess. They don't have any trouble getting in. Uh, and they find these Fabergé eggs, and they're about to they're they're about to get their way out. And then the cops are there, led there by Homer. Homer's there too. Um, he and he is even acknowledges like I came here to stop the cops from coming here, and I led the cops here. And you're like, I just keep hitting my microphone. Um, I have to hold it. I need to hold it like Henry Rollins. I've said that joke before. But the cops, we have a scene here with <laughs> with Eddie and Wiggum. No, Lou and Wiggum. Eddie's directing traffic. I forgot. In a very fanciful fashion. He's dancing. It's not so bad. I don't mind that bit, honestly. Uh, but we get Lou and Wiggum having a, a like a heartfelt discussion. <laughs> like, honestly, like there's no joke. Like the joke is that they're having a heartfelt connect, a confession to each other about how they're always mean to each other. Mm-hmm. But it's not. There's not a joke. The joke is just that this is happening. Isn't it funny that they're talking about this? I mean, yeah, okay, I'm ready for the second joke. Well, there is no second joke. That's the only one. It's fine, Matt. There's not like I'm all for even if it's in in like a uh, even if it is to try to get, make a joke. I'm all for having male characters, you know, be openly emotional. I'm fine with that. That's fair. I'll take it. You know, even if the, even if there's some caveats in there, I'll take it still. I, I just don't know why it's in this episode where about Marge's friendship. Like, why are we having a scene here with with the uh, with Lou and Wiggum? It feels very much like they wrote themselves. Like, oh yeah, the cops are here, but we can't have the cops be involved. Well, why did you have the cops go? You could just have the cops. You, the Simpsons writers, when you write an episode, you decide who's in the scene. You just write if you don't like it. If you don't need them there, you just write them away. You just have them not show up. It's I don't know. Okay. So the cops are busy having a heart-to-heart. And then we get the final, I, w- I guess the final scene, of, of roughly the final scene of the episode where Burns corners the CRTs, and we get an ending. Try to tick my eggs, will you? Well, this rooster has a beak, a beak which calls out death a doodle do Wait, you're all women. I'm not. I suppose, but... You're certainly buxom and flirty. Oh, well, I try to have a good time. All I wanted to do was join a group of women who wore the same outfits. (laughs) 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 Oh, no jury on earth will convict a bunch of moist-eyed mothers. I'll tell you what, ladies. Give me my eggs back and I'll let you go. <laughs> and tell me I'm not fat. Well, I guess our fundraiser was a failure. Don't be so sure. Ah, oh, Marge, I love you. But to be safe, sweetie, I don't think we can ever see each other again. I really miss you guys. I'll never forget the three activities we did together. <laughs> Listen, Marge. No matter where you go in this life, you'll always have one friend who loves you body and soul. And Marge, there are certain things I can do for you that no other friend can. Special things. (laughs) Wow, this is special. I can't believe this happened to me twice. 
Oh, yes. Nothing like a Moe's suicide joke for the second time. Your second one. You got to get them in there, Matt. It's very important. You know, you could cut so many things in Moe's stuff, but, you know, you got to keep in those, those Moe's suicide jokes. They're so funny. It's really funny. Um, this is very, vi- like, I like this episode, but this ending is nonsense. And it's, it's, I it's, like the A plot of this episode. The, the B plot and the ending oh, are just, well, yeah. Dope. I, 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 I don't. I pretend the B plot doesn't exist. That's how I I get. <laughs> that's how I get around it. I just go, oh, that didn't happen. That's like Indiana Jones four, and probably the forthcoming Indiana Jones five. They don't exist. More than likely, those movies didn't aren't going to happen. And the the B plot and this didn't happen. And the A plot is so good. Uh, not so, I should say that it has so much potential. It, and I think that's really the the frustrating thing at the end of the day, where you go. It, you could make it better and it's very clear it's not like this is like hazy to me like how could you improve this like well get rid of homer get rid of the cops get get rid of burns honestly like why does it matter if burns catches them like does it hurt does burns character change if they have his faberge eggs no it's a you can come up with a very easy end to this oh marge has second thoughts and somehow screws it up so they don't they only get one of them or i mean that's or uh, tammy is a heist like is a thief everyone else are just normal women in in springfield tammy is a thief tammy takes all the eggs after they steal them and runs away and marge is heartbroken because oh i thought i had a friend and i did all this for her i i participated in this thing that i kind of had misgivings about and she used me and why couldn't she make it about marge and why why make it about marge and homer like oh homer's like oh i'll always be there for you we know that homer you're of course you will and you're you're like oh like i don't want you here like go away this episode's not about you like if this is about marge let it be about marge and they can't really get there and they feel like they just ran into a brick wall like i don't know they wrote themselves in a corner they didn't know what to do with it so they just had it the bluntest dumbest way where it's just like, oh, Tammy just says that you're out of the group. Okay. Yeah. But what about that money that from that one Fabergé egg? We don't. Why is Tammy still around? Just say Tammy leaves. Like it, it, all these loose ends. Like does Lisa go on a trip to Rome? We don't care. You know, we just answer questions and never answer them. And we get the the answer drummed up about the status quo. The status quo. They need to return to it. They they don't though. <laughs> they don't. And we're like, why? Why? Um, this episode has a lot of potential. And there's certainly things I really like about it. It does make me laugh, even though it's not... I don't know. It feels like this is very hit and miss with the jokes. And it's very dry. And I feel like I I can appreciate the, the Marge jokes, so to speak. Um, I also just like it because it's a Marge episode. And they're so few and far between. Mm-hmm. And lately, Matt, I cannot overstate how bad... the For the past, like, seven... Since the Golden Years ended... There is no character like I guess that's not fair because Homer's also suffered terribly. But Marge episodes are like Homer, both Homer and Marge. Here, I'll say that they like they have both Homer just gets so much uh, badness. But Marge is like very like they give Marge breast implants. They give her they make her have steroids like they have all these terrible Marge episodes. And this one, it's not executed well. Especially at the end, I think the build up to the end is perfectly fine. The ending, the execution is it falters, and I, I almost fails. But I think the at the end of the day, the reason I still like this episode 
is it's about Marge and it doesn't turn her into some kind of weird monster and it's kind of lighthearted and it's fun. And like, I'm just, I, I, I just at the end of the day, like, Oh, okay. It's just a Marge episode. That's just kind of fun and lighthearted and silly. It doesn't turn her into some kind of terrible monster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you described this episode to me, Matt, you literally texted me. You said this episode's terrible. (laughs) <laughs> I think I remember thinking of the B plot. You're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I think this episode is just forgettable because it takes a valid premise, runs it into the ground again. Not as bad as it could have. The B plot is bad, and I feel like there was a lot less on the table that they could have done. Marge could have spent more time with the tomatoes mm-hmm. uh, to you know deepen their bond before she was let on the big secret. Or you know Marge could have been the one to you know turn them into the cops. She Marge called the cops when she found out it was a robbery and she got there and they they didn't really like her. And it's it's like there could have been so many things that I I just I don't know the wasted potential made me sad. I mean that is true man. I don't think any of that's wrong, but it feels like I don't know when you're walking around in the desert a little sip of water is all you need. Uh <laughs> and I think that's what this largely is. <laughs> It's just a sip of water. You know, it, is it a drink? Is it an oasis? No, but it's a sip, and I'll take it. We, like, I am, we are desperate. I, 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 this episode is like Lily Tomlin's fun. There's some fun jokes in here that I like. Um, they're very, I don't know, lighthearted and uneasy, but that's enough. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I, I am usually so negative. I'm quite happy just to be like, this is fine, you know, and, and be happy with it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with just a simple Marge silliness that doesn't make her, uh, a, a, a angry driver or have ster- take steroids or get breast implants. And like, you're just like all these different, like, it just feels all these stunt gimmicks we've gotten with Marge episodes. And it's like, Oh, this one's just, just, I get some friends that want to steal from Mr. Burns. You're like, okay, that's way not as, that's not, that's way more palatable to me. That's fun. Even. Like it's so fun that they redid the same plot for the that recent <laughs> episode with Sarah Wiggum, uh, which was better. I think that Sarah Wiggum was better. Yeah, it's yeah. like they they took the the criticism we we had from the future and sent it back to that episode. Yeah, I mean it only it took them fifteen years to get there, but they did it. Um, we'll rank this episode at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode broken? Yeah, you, you gotta ask me if this episode's broken. I, I just did. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think it's broken. No, I don't think so either. I, I think there are definitely some things that could be improved, like we said, but it's not broken. It's actually a pretty good premise for an episode. It's flawed, but it's not broken. It's a feeling I get in my gut, and I don't think this one's broken. You can easily forget that B-plot, but I don't... That B-plot... Um, Matt, that's the thing. That B-plot's so bad, it almost pushes it into broken just because of the badness of the yeah. B-plot. But it's not quite. It gets close, but it's not quite there... However, there is, we, Matt, it's been a while, we have a My Favorite Episode submission for... Oh, shocking. Uh, they, 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 they occur. They still do occur. I just need to remember to find them once in a while. Uh, uh, here we go. Dear Robbie and Matt, thank you for the podcast. I never knew I needed. You two make my day. I can only imagine how you both reacted to this one. I know this one isn't great. But it is my favorite. I think this was, this one is more of an inquired taste. We have the Simpsons women in the spotlight, which leans pretty girly. We even get emotions between Clancy and Lou and Homer joining the girl gang. The whole thing is like a 22-minute chick flick. 
I love any episode that gives Marge friends. Similar to class struggle in Springfield, we see Marge striving for friendship in a formal setting. It's sad to see that these are all women that Marge knows, yet they've never been friends. Then by chance, she ends up meeting some new women, and Agnes, that are actually friendly and seem to appreciate her. The ending with Homer is adorable, as her spouse should be your best friend. The Mo falling gag is hilarious. I can't believe this happened to me twice. Similar to you both, Lisa is my favorite, but I am unfortunately a huge Lisa Millhouse supporter. Sorry. Any plots oh, featuring goodness. them is gold to me. For a B-plot, we get something solid I wish could have been extended to a main plot. Lisa being pressed for time to learn a new language. And he to just trust Millhouse instead of being irritated by him is a fun change of pace. Love that pull around the mirror while she sings, and it's endearing to see that after 17 seasons, we learn a little bit more about our favorite dud. Uh, uh, not laugh out loud but sneaky funny with adorable lines like i have trouble with the space bar which is possibly quimby's mistress best line uh johnson's water seal tv bond by night every tuesday and thursday i thought you liked my hair it's all right uh peterson's <laughs> field guide to birds and mr burns calling homer buxom and flirty uh, lastly, the, the through line of the next episode, Italian Bob, where the writers pay off Lisa using her newly learned Italian is genius. After these two episodes, I wanted to be just like Lisa and, and learn Italian, which I then took for three years in high school. But the Simpsons will always have credit for teaching me. I plan to dump this body in the ocean. Uh, thank you both in advance. You have no idea how much I appreciate and admire you both. And each new episode is a highlight of my week. All the best, Casey. Thank you for your entry, Casey. Uh, thank you for just listening to us, uh, you know, rag on and criticize your favorite thing for an hour uh-huh hopefully we we are not uh too rough on it well i mean we were we said some kind things there were kind things in there there were good parts there's there, just you know there were good parts uh and so we can move on to our next segment it is time for comments from news group okay here we are alt.nerd.obsessive uh, Comstant News Group is where I solicit some short reviews from our patrons and our patrons and see what, what they think about this this episode. Um, first, from Tim. I'm torn on this one. On one hand, unlike most of season 17 so far, this episode tells two coherent stories that by and large stay on course. I do like that an attempt is made to make Marge feel kinship with others besides the family. It's always good to get some backstory on a minor character, in this case, Milhouse's grandmother. On the other hand, I really didn't laugh a lot, and the fact that we actually have two most suicide attempts doesn't help. Projected ranking number 238. Uh, next from Derek. I always wanted to like this one because it's a Marge episode, and there's such a rarity. And many classic era Marge episodes are overlooked gems. Case in point, scenes from the class era on Springfield, which was one of my favorite episodes. And 10 seasons on from that, we get this episode in... Well, it doesn't really hold a candle to it, does it? It's very bland, very beige, very banal. Ultimately, it's just a pointless space of 20 minutes. Not aggravating, like a lot of seasons of 17, but forgettable. And for a show like The Simpsons, that's ag- that adjective is just as undesirable. Uh, from JJ. Besides some solid gags and a cute B-plot, the main story is thin and derivative. Marge's new friends plotting to steal Fabergé eggs is a really stupid plot twist. We're given so little reason to get invested in Marge Vap and new friendship. Tammy is unlikable and guilts Marge into doing something she's not comfortable with, and then gives a contrived reason as to why they can no longer be friends just so the show can return to the status quo. Marge even lampshades how little development their relationship had with her line, I'll never forget the three activities we did together. We did together watch Marge and Lamb instead. No one, ar- no one's arguing that Marge and Lamb isn't 10,000 times better than this episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Marge and Lamb is... It's not really fair. You know, it's like saying, like, you know... If you have a seven-year-old who wants to, like, be a a track star, you don't go, oh, Usain Bolt's so much better than you. We, Yeah, of course. 
uh, from Benjamin. Not great, not terrible. The March plot was fine. Felt like the right way to use Homer as a supporting character. The ending of her plot was quick, but it did have an ending. I didn't really like the B-plot. Something about Milhouse speaking English with an accent bothered me. Some of the jokes stuck, and others were just odd, but at least they felt like they tried with this one. Uh, from Sarah, overall not a terrible episode, but really not worth the second viewing. There were some good jokes slash bits. I like Ralph's joy at finding the same Easter egg, Mr. Burns baby talking one of the hounds, and Eddie's traffic direction. The Lisa Milhouse plot was fine, I guess. You know, another sea mammal reference made me wonder if the writer's retreat was at SeaWorld that year. I get two and a half out of five stars, mainly for the handful of jokes. And finally, from Aaron, not a great episode, but at least Millhouse doesn't die in it. Amen. <laughs> That's true. I'm, and it really, like, I can't believe I haven't said this. Like, I, I don't think I've said this, but like, we haven't made this comparison, but it very much feels like they have, they're trying to make Millhouse Kenny, South Park Kenny. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And please stop. I guess this episode, they just had him beaten with a, a branch. They didn't actually kill him, Matt. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys uh, for your reviews. Um, any uh, of our patrons can post their thoughts. I posted Monday morning. I posted a little a call for the reviews, and you can post a paragraph or two about how you feel. Uh, we can move on. To our next segment, it's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is what is the fav- your favorite gift? Your I can't. Oh, boy. Your favorite gift you've ever gotten. Losing my perspicacity here. Mm-hmm. Lots of great answers. Appreciate everyone took the time. Matt, take it away. All right. From Matt. Not me. Uh, never met. Uh, <laughs> one of the best gifts I ever received was an iPod Classic in 2007. It was a 17th birthday gift for my parents, and I still use it to this day at the gym. It comes with an armband and all the cords. Whoa, coming with all the cords? My goodness. Uh, from Tim, the best gifts are always those I didn't ask for or find useful. In the Cossington's division, the iPad can, I could use while working on my desktop and laptop. In the cheap but awesome department, with my yellow T-shirt with Homer wearing his headphones while staring blankly into space. Very nice. Uh, from Matthew, different one again. Yes, there are a lot of us. <laughs> Uh, when Superstorm Sandy hit New Jersey, a tree came through my parents' attic, which stored pretty much everything in it. It was mostly full of random junk, but also had some of my childhood toys and things, including the teddy bear that my grandmother gave me and who I loved near tatters as a kid. My wife went on an eBay and thrift store quest to find the exact same type of bear which she gave me for Christmas after three years of searching. He now sits on my dresser. The thought and effort she went to adds to the sentimental attachment I already had. His name isn't Bobo, but I understand why that bear warmed even Mr. Burns' cold heart. Ooh, foreshadowing. Uh, from Lauren, the best gift I ever received was a stuffed deer named Bambi. I got it from Disney World, and it has been with me since I was nine. She traveled to college, Kentucky, Virginia, Texas, and Maryland with me, and sometimes when I'm super upset, she still offers me some comfort. <sighs> you guys are killing me here. Uh, from Benjamin, I had always joked that I wanted a child before I turned 30. Our daughter was born last August on the day before my 30th birthday. I got a little close there, Benjamin. Uh, from Derek, I was trying to think of something sentimental and heartwarming, but then remembered I'm dead inside, so I'll go with something material. I think the best gift I got is my AirPod Pros from my uncle. They're so practical for me as I go running every morning. I, w- I could never go back to wearing earphones now like some antediluvian chump. But yeah, running on Mondays with my AirPods in and listening to this podcast, which is my fave, and I'm a very happy boyo. Well, thank you, Derek. Robbie, were you going to say something? Take a breath, man. I guess it's a no. I was going to say take a breath. You can... 
Uh-huh. Uh, at board ATX, I'm colorblind. For Christmas one year, my partner got me a pair of Enchroma sunglasses. They have a special filter that corrects colorblindness, allowing me to see colors that I had never seen before. Since then, purple has become my favorite color. Wow. I mean... Sounds like pretty great glasses. Purple's all right. <sighs> you purple haters, I'll never understand Purple's you. fine. Pink's better. That is my wife. Pink's better. Uh, no. Thanks for color. Uh, from at L Columbia 88. I'm going to be sapping cliche and say I have my engagement ring. My husband plotted the whole thing, invited our friends on my B day for a dinner, made a made a photo book of our favorite show and games and, and games I read and cried. I think the book is more special though. I bet. Uh, from at Energy Turtle. As a kid, electronic talking battleship. I loved it because I could play by myself. As an adult, tickets to Hamilton in Chicago. I was very pregnant and cried almost the whole thing, but I loved it. No. I. Uh, from I, at Hippie 200. I. What. I. Uh... And everyone, someone describes themselves as very pregnant. I always, I always, I don't know. It's very, like, I understand, but it's still very, like, it's hard for me to understand, I guess, as a uh-huh. man, as a man who's never been pregnant, but very pregnant, not just regular pregnant. That's right. Well, I mean, very pregnant is the point where you're like, it's hard to walk and like, you're pretty sure the baby is starting to try and work its way out manually because it's tired of being in there. That's very pregnant. God, man. Oh my God. All right. <laughs> From at, tippy, at Hippie 200, definitely the tattoo gift card my friends gave me a few years ago. I finally got Homer tattooed on me. Oh, fantastic. That sounds wonderful. Matt's going to get his Homer um, tattoo tomorrow, right? Uh, No, Robbie. I'm not going to tattoo during a pandemic. Thanks. I mean, why not? I'm going to get one. Uh-huh. Aren't you vaccinated? At, at Castle's Treasure. Tickets to my favorite musical, Hades Town. My boyfriend got us tickets for our anniversary when it first came on Broadway, but wouldn't tell me what it was what it was about because he wanted to surprise me. He was sure I love it, and I cried of joy the entire performance. I still haven't seen that. I really need to. All right, and finally, from the man from N twenty, undoubtedly the TV turner from TV tuner from my Sega Game Gear. Just thinking about it makes me smile. <laughs> Robbie, what is yours? I had to include the. Pretty sure that I don't know if if uh, DJC there is being genuine about his tv tutor for a second game gear <laughs> but it did make me laugh um well, I mean, i'm I gonna had a whole battery life of a whole six minutes <laughs> <laughs> yeah you get to play sonic on your tv for four minutes and then your battery's died um i'm gonna i'm gonna steal uh abby's uh, uh strategy here where I, I pick one as a kid and one as an adult and my childhood best gift is the nintendo 64 when i was 12 years old because I was genuinely surprised. I really think I didn't think my parents could could have managed to get me one, uh, but they did, and I was very happy because all I wanted was Mario. I was twelve. And I just wanted to play Mario. And I got to play Mario. And as an adult, I really had to think about this, um, and it probably tells you something about me in that I would probably pick my Batman on a horse statue that I'm looking <laughs> at, that I'm looking <laughs> at right course. now. Of course, of course, Matt was there when I received it. Uh, he was instrumental. In, uh, in me getting it, along with many of my other friends, who all uh, chipped in and spent a uh, uh, ridiculous. It's really it's absurd that a practically absurd amount of money. <laughs> practically an absurd amount of money for a statue of Batman riding a horse from Dark Knight Returns comic book, but it brings me such joy. Every single I can look at, I just look at it and I just love it. I just look at it and it makes me feel happy. Uh, and you know, it's not just for one of my friends, it's for many of them, and they all managed to... It was, again, a genuine surprise. I did not see it coming whatsoever, and th- then I was presented with it, and uh, it was very touching. Uh, and it's awesome. It's an awesome thing. 
Like it's Batman. Like what? come on, it's Batman riding a horse. It's awesome. It's old. Dick uh-huh. uh, Matt, what is your answer? Uh, so mine is slightly complicated. So my wife uh, has been collecting for us over the years uh, paintings of our cats uh, because uh, we have quite a few cats. We're up to seven now. Um, but the one that means the most to me, she got before Christmas, I believe, two years ago. Uh, it was one of our fosters uh, who at the time we normally get foster kittens in groups of, you know, two, three, five, six, you know, big groups. Uh, very occasionally we will have one by uh, themselves. And there was one that was very special, uh, Little Miss Pilgrim. Uh, she was found behind a Chick-fil-A uh, on Thanksgiving, hence why she was called Pilgrim. And we had gotten very, very attached to her. And uh, it turned out one of our friends adopted her. Um, but she is the first foster that we had painted and uh, she got the uh, an artist online to paint a little uh, painting of her from a drawing and then had her dip her paws in paint and put it all around the painting. And that is the best gift I've ever gotten. Little pilgrim. Probably not little anymore. No, she is a great big girl. Great and big. <laughs> a quick interruption here. Hello, everyone. This is Robbie from a couple days after we recorded the podcast. I'm recording it actually. I'm recording this actually a couple hours before it goes live because there has to be a change in my answer for this week's listener question. And normally I wouldn't bother changing it at this last minute, but I think it's worth it in this case because I have a new favorite gift I've ever received. I just got it. Actually, uh, today is my wife and I's anniversary, and she commissioned a painting of my cat, Smokey, who passed late last year, uh, who I loved very much and miss quite a bit still, and it is now hanging on the wall ahead of me, and I thought it was worth saying that that is my new favorite gift. I still love Batman on a horse because he, he's still great. He's still looking down on me, but now there's a little bit of a... What's the word? Uh, it's a little bit of a serendipity here because me and Matt now have the same answer. Effectively, we both are both favorite gifts of all time are commissions of kitty cats. That's worth mentioning. Thought it's worth a little late edit. Back to the show. Next week's question. What's your favorite heist movie? Oh, that is good. That's going to be a much tougher question. Probably. Why do you do these things to me? Mm-hmm. I mean, this movie, this episode has a heist in it. So I was just like, what's your favorite? There's lots of heist movies. They're really fun. I like heist movies. I know exactly. Matt has recently professed that he not just likes heist movies, but he loves them uh, so much. You that... can take terrible movies and put a heist in them and have, I will watch them. Have you watched Money Plane, Matt? Money Plane? No. You, what, is, Matt, what is Money Plane? We're going to, hmm. Uh, we're going to, we might need to watch Money, <laughs> Money Plane maybe as a bonus episode. Uh oh yes this is definitely going to happen it's the worst uh it's very money plane is bad uh it has kelsey Grammer. and also has <laughs> the wrestler edge is in it adam copeland um oh is that what his name is i thought that name looked familiar yeah that's that's edge uh, he's wrestling again uh but uh that that's it's a that's a recent terrible uh on video on demand movie <laughs> it's terrible uh but what that's not my favorite heist movie what's your favorite heist movie i'll post this question on all social media uh, on Twitter at SimpsonsShowPod. You can email us at at gmail.com and you can find our answer. You can, let's, wait, 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 wait. I post the question also on our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. I post that question publicly. So anyone can answer if you want to answer there. Uh, now, 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 now it is time for our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. 
I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard. And try and stump the other. Matt has a lead on me. Three points, but I am the reigning champion. Make that very clear. So when Matt beats me this season, I won't feel so bad. Uh, <laughs> Matt, you ready for an easy question? Uh, I I suppose so. Marge in Marge and Lamb goes on the lamb with who? I believe Ruth Powers, her new neighbor. That is like it's not new at that point. Newish. It's that's newish. It's a time is a flat circle. Uh, that's right. correct. What's my easy question? Your your easy question is going to be extra easy today, thanks to one of the <laughs> responses to our uh, question. Oh. Uh, what is the name of Mr. Burns' lost teddy bear in Rosebud? Uh, that'd be Bobo. You are correct. Your medium question, Matt. In Marginal Lamb, how much money was Lionel Hutz paid for his 32 hours of babysitting? I believe it was $8. I knew it was too easy. Oh. I knew it was too easy. You're right. That's correct. Sorry, Robbie. Sorry. Why aren't you dumber, Matt? All right. Uh, it's, you know, it's the, the early episodes. If you had asked about a, a question about a season 11 episode, it wouldn't happen. But, you know. I, well, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be a, a nice person. I'm trying to be kind once right. in a while. All right, uh, this may or may not be easy for you. Uh, <laughs> what type of flower does Martin pick that distracts the bullies from picking on Bart? This is also in Rosebud? It is. It's when the bullies are picking on Bart because uh, they're like, oh, uh, my old man can't get a beer because his old man won't give a bear to another old man. <laughs> Wait, why are we beating him up again? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't even, I haven't watched Rosebud in a very long time. Um, I probably should go back and watch Rosebud again. Um distracts them with flowers uh i mean i can guess a flower i don't i don't know this uh there are only so many flowers in the world daffodil Ooh, i'm sorry it's a snapdragon look fellas it's the first snapdragon of the season don't remember that matt at all no no nothing there's nothing firing in no synapses all right your hard question in marge on the lamb we see Troy McClure. You might remember Troy McClure from what other telethons? Um, okay, it's oh, the second one is Let's Save Larry Orlando's House. The first one is um, first one is I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I got nothing. I'm not gonna waste time. <laughs> what was that second one you said? Let's save Tony Orlando's house. <laughs> you just changed your answer again. Okay, the first one, Matt, is there's two. The first one is Out with Gout '88. Yes. And the second one is let's save Tony Orlando's house. Uh, the first time you said that, you said let's save Larry Orlando's house, which I, uh, it was. No, no, no. I did not say that. Yes, you did, Matt. Uh, maybe what you heard, but that's not what I said. Af after you see what, Matt, what I'm going to start doing, Matt, is I'm going to take the clip of you saying Larry Orlando and I'm going to play it over and over <laughs> and over and over again right after this. Let's save Larry Orlando's okay, house. Fine. Let's save Larry Orlando's house. Um, Unfortunately, getting one correct is not enough for a hard question. I know. I, I agree. What's my hard question, man? All right. Your hard question. What ship takes Bobo to the North Pole? <laughs> That's a hard question, Robbie. I, um, when does he go to the North Pole? I think it, I know it's a historical reference because it's full of it. It's full of uh, – what was the name of that? the North Pole with – was it Edmund Hillary? 
was the, was that the guy who went to the North Pole? Or was that the guy that climbed Everest? I always forget. That's the guy who climbed Everest. Okay, then I don't remember the guy who went to the North Pole. <laughs> um, what was it? The dude's name, the dude's ship's name. Um, I, I feel like that's a. I want to say that's Darwin, but I think it's the only thing I can think of. Is it the Beagle? Uh, no, sorry, it's the Nautilus. The Nautilus. Oh, so it's a. Okay, I get. All right. We're doing a Jules Verne reference. I get it. Okay. Exactly. Uh, the Beagle, I think, was Dar- Darwin's ship, wasn't it? It was. You are, that, that you are correct about. I was just like uh, grasping, trying to grasp for old-timey ship names. I haven't read Jules Verne in a really long time. I wonder if yeah, I, me neither. I wonder if I'd still like it. I loved them as a kid, because of course I would. They fight a giant squid. They go into the sea. In that that very accurate scientific expedition where they go to the center of the Earth. You remember that? Well, of course, Robbie. Everyone's been to the center of the Earth. So, yeah, the, you can just easily just you go to the center of the Earth and you come up in Brazil. It, that's how it works. If you uh, dig under the Earth, I should read the Time Machine. Honestly, that's the one that <laughs> that's the one I should read. Uh, Matt has even further lead on me because I'm a dumb. Oh no! Matt has five point lead on me now through seven episodes. <sighs> Here we go again. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Um. Maybe I can come back. Maybe. Probably not. We can move on to our final segment. segment we end every single episode with. It's time for Best Episode Ever. Best Episode Ever. Best Episode Ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. So you watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever. I mean, how good they are. All right. All righty here. Uh, let's, let's go. All right, Robbie. Where are we putting this? Where, where are we putting this? I would say... I think this belongs. I'm looking at the mid 250s. That's where I was looking. I was actually looking right, right around, like, take my wife's sleaze and special Edna. Yeah. Maybe a little lower than that. I think this is better than take my wife's sleaze. I would agree about that. Yep. Um, I was actually looking. I'm like, mm, is special Edna better or worse than this? Uh, it's probably worse. Honestly. I would probably put it even above Sweets and Sour March because that episode I just I remember as hot garbage, but I could be wrong. Um, you're making me look up things, Matt. I don't remember any of these episodes. <laughs> uh, mainly because the I I remember the episodes. I just don't remember the titles of the episode. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't mind sugar. Sweets and Sour March, honestly. Um, really interesting. I mean, it's this high for a reason. This high, quote unquote. I think it's fine. I think it's similar in like where it's a March episode that it's not ridiculous, you know. Um, I feel like it's similar to this, and that's kind of very silly, and it does end with a sweet, quote, you know, no pun intended, uh, ending where Marge and Homer get back together, and maybe it's not completely earned, but I'll give him. It's the same, similar to this, where I give him points for trying. Um, I don't. I just don't. I think you just don't like Ben Stiller. Yeah, that's exactly why. He's good when he plays villains. Um, yeah. Insane Clown Poppy. I'd probably put this below Insane Clown Poppy, I think. I, I'm okay with that. You were the one who were fighting for how good this episode was. I mean, I'm rem- I'm like remembering Insane-, Insane Clown Poppy is, again, very similar to this. I feel like it is episodes that are trying to do the right thing. They just kind of fail in parts. They have flaws. And the B-plot of this drags it down. I just hate this B-plot. I, I do not like Millhouse yeah. with... Like, if this, if this B-plot was just the same length and just as inconsequential, but it had Millhouse 
not being just a creep, I would be okay with it. But it that's all it does. It just makes Milhouse a creep for no reason. And that's the joke, is that Milhouse is a creep now, and he gets beat with a branch. And you're just like, uh-huh. that's not fun. That's not fun to me. I want I want them to subvert type once in a while. Milhouse can be like a desperate, weird kid most of the time. But once in a while, you, you make him this Don Juan. Make him, like, not a creep. Make him, like, no, go, like, no, Lisa, I'm just going to teach you Italian. It's not really cool for me to... For us to have any kind of romance right now, um, it doesn't have to be that, but something that's not it's not literally Lisa angry at him and falling into like an Italian female, like a hot blooded Italian woman stereotype, hot blooded foreign woman stereotype, even where it's just like she knows Italian now, so now she's gonna attack a man with a branch, and you're just like, okay, why? What's the point of this? Um, it drags it down. I think if it didn't, if the B plot was better or wasn't there and given to the A plot, this episode would probably be 50 spots higher. Yeah. But. You're not wrong there. Unfortunately, it does. And of course, the other the problems with the ending uh, compound everything. But th- it would be even infinitely higher if it was, if they just fixed some of that stuff. Uh, spent a little bit more time developing it, honestly. There's so many times where a lot of episodes recently where it just feels like just develop it another little bit, one more draft. Two more drafts, more development, and it would be better. Um, I would say better than Sweets and Sour Marge, but below Insane Clown Poppy. I'm good with that. You gotta have, you gotta argue, Matt. You gotta say no, Robbie. Not for this episode. If we ever get back to good episodes, <laughs> there's a, there's good episodes. I know there are. I've seen them. Oh yeah. I mean, everyone keeps talking about a fun thing the Bart will never ever do again. So I can't wait to get to that one. That's a good episode. That is a good episode. Yeah. That's not till season twenty three. That's a while to go. Uh, that's a new number 250 on the list is the last of the red hat mamas. Um, right below in St. Clopoppy, right above Sweets and Sour Marge. A new number, what was it? New number 60 in our post Golden Years ranking. Uh, we have one more question to answer, though, Matt. Oh, do we now? And that question is do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? I say it stays. Yeah, there's really no reason he get out. Uh, it gives us another episode of Marge trying to find friends, and I guess us realizing that why it's so hard for Marge to find friends because she has terrible taste in friends. <laughs> well, I would. She just wanted to be part of a group that wears matching outfits. I mean, there is a certain appeal to that, but you know, if we're gonna be clear, like wearing matching outfits sometimes feels pretty cool. You know, I suppose. You don't. You don't agree. I mean, I don't really care all that much about wearing matching outfits personally. Matt would just walk around naked all the time if you let him. No, Robbie. The problem with that is there's not enough pockets when you're naked. Now, if you get me a cool what about commando po- belt. Like, what about nature's pocket? Not big enough. <laughs> not to mention in and out stuff is really tough when you, uh, you know, okay. nature's pocket. Fair enough. So, yes, it stays a part of the canon. I agree. Uh, the the B-plot stuff is bad, but it's inconsequential. Like, it, it doesn't really matter. I think the A-plot is good enough to keep it in. Because uh, I would any a, a lot of time if I would recommend the episode to watch it, I'd say it's part of the canon, um, which I think this is good enough to recommend, and I think it is part of the canon. Uh, we can start as we work our way down to the top of the list. We are up to forty six, which is Bart of Darkness, Matt. Ooh, that is a fantastic one. There's no way you're getting out of the canon as long as I have breath. Wow. Okay. Well, until the day Matt dies, 
You heard him. Bardo Darkness is in the canon, and I agree. I'm not going to say... I'm probably... I really doubt that I'll ever change my mind, you know, while I'm alive, about it being a part of the canon. But Bardo Darkness is great. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It has the idea that Flanders is briefly a murderer in it. Which, how can you... How briefly. Can you, you know. How can you, how can you hate that? Um, so that's part of the canon, of course. Our next episode, Matt. Speaking of Italy... Uh-oh. Is it that really is the next one? Italian Bob is our next episode. Oh, dang. It is where the Simpsons visit Italy. And uh, it's the Sideshow Bob episode. Yes, we'll see if this holds up. Never seen it, Matt. Never. Oh, boy. Vendetta. Vendetta. I don't like that. I don't know what this, I I don't know anything about this episode besides me, Italy and Bob. But the fact that you just did that, I'm not sure if I appreciate it. I don't know if I'm. Oh, I don't know. Sorry in advance, then, Robbie. Oh no, that's not good. <laughs> I don't like uh, early apologies in advance are never good. You always ask for forgiveness, never apologize. Okay, uh, you do it after, Matt. You don't do it before. Why would you tell me that mm-hmm. it's bad? I don't. I had hope. Maybe it's just I've hope. I had hope for this episode, and it turned out okay. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So this will be the same. I have hope that this episode will be okay, and it's going to be okay. I'm going to like it. It won a Writers Guild Award. Kelsey Grammer won an I Emmy mean, for this. I guess we'll see, Robin. It has I to be. We'll why? Okay. That's next week. You can find all this stuff on our website. It's thesimpsonshow.com. It has links to our Twitter, to our RSS feed, a link to our Patreon if you want to help out the show, and a link to this list, the best episode ever list. Uh, broken down in all the, its glory. Um, that, that I think that's it. All for all the things. Before we go, you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. It's my name, and uh, you can also find all all the stuff I do at my website, RobbieDorman.com. Also my name, but now it's a website. Uh, you can find links to all my social media, links to my other podcasts, and links to purchase my horror novels. There's seven of them. Did you know that? My goodness. So many. It is a lot. Don't get me wrong. Uh, my newest novel is Regrowth. Uh, it's Crichton meets Cronenberg, a suspense horror story about a scientist researching limb regeneration in an underground lab run by the world's richest man with the earth on the brink of a collapse. It's great for fans of body horror and Michael Crichton. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon, read it for free with Kindle Unlimited. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That's because no one wants to see me or hear me talk about things. What do you want? You want kittens. And I got kittens for you. So check out the Instagram account, KittenTurns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S, to see the most adorable kittens you will ever come across in your entire life. I guarantee it. That's a lot. Uh, it is. It entire is. Entire life? I can back it up. Entire life. I got the receipts. Okay. Fair enough. I, 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 I'm not going to argue with you. There you go. They're cute. All right. I'm not going to, you know. Mm-hmm. One man's cute is another man's. I try. I really think I'm trying to think of another c word that means like uncute, but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I got nothing. I'm Robbie, and I'm Matt. Thank you for watching this. Episode. Shh.